0: Progressive
1: Rugby League. G'day old Jono Duncan. If you're anything like me, you consume a lot of rugby league content. If you're anything like me, you don't realise how much you're consuming because consuming said content has become akin to breathing or blinking. It just kind of happens. If you're anything like me, you think some of the content is great, some of it is useful, and some of it is dross. If you're anything like me, you're wondering if the proportions of great, useful, and dross are shifting. If you're anything like me, you've been wondering about how the incentives have been changing for journalists who generate most of the content we consume. If you've just discovered you're nothing like me, you're probably switching off right now. For everyone else, I'll confess, I've been thinking of doing a show on this topic, but who to do it with? After all, my rugby league contact book is essentially non-existent. So I put it on the back burner until I read a super little article that suggested to me maybe there are some people out there who are, quote, anything like me. The article I'm referring to was on the Rugby League Hub Long Reads platform, and its author is Maria Racuvia. Maria, most recently the editor of the universally loved but now sadly deposed Big League magazine, has kindly agreed to join me to flesh out, break down, and make sense of what we're seeing happen before our very eyes. Maria, welcome to the Progressive Rugby League podcast.
0: Thank you for having me. Very exciting. My favourite topics: rugby league and media.
1: (laughs) Thanks very much for joining us. Look, firstly on Big League, obviously I, like thousands of others, was really sad to hear the news of Big League's dethroning. It's been a couple of weeks since you put the last issue of Big League to bed. How do you reflect on the demise of Big League with a bit more time and space?
0: I'm still really sad. I'm really sad for everybody that I work with and the relationships that, I mean, in these times of it's not just the people, the immediate team. There's production, there's advertising, there are people on different floors. Like I've worked at News for 10 years so I didn't get to say bye to. Mm-hmm. But I feel really sad for the magazine. I think it deserved better. Yeah. It's, it's 100th year this year. It's lived through, you know, world wars, the Super League. Yeah, I think it's sad that this is what brought it down. I, I, I'm not naive about it. I do think. It was probably coming,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it would have been nice to finish on a high the way we would have wanted to.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask about that, if you had any inkling it was on the cards. Like I imagine with the trends in media, you're sort of understanding and looking over your shoulder to some extent when you work on a magazine. But were you given any warning at all?
0: Not Really, we all thought, including my manager, thought that we'd be back on May 28th to do round three. And then we got made redundant a week later. We found out that all the local papers were, yeah, not printing anymore either. So
1: yeah,
0: it managed to still sell, which is nice. Mm. It has a really loyal fan base. And I, we were always sort of protected because... What happens is the NRL licenses it to News Corp. They pay a fee and we produce it. So as long as the NRL was in a healthy position, we didn't think it would ever be a problem, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, As we have learned over many, many, many weeks, the NRL is not in that great position.
1: Okay, so it all happened very quickly. If you had your way, how would you have wanted to see Big League farewell?
0: I would have loved to do a massive coffee table style, Mm. Um, yeah, I think it would have been a punish to put together, don't get me wrong. (laughs) We actually did something similar for 40 years of Big league because it's been called A Few Things, where Mm -hmm. every page just had, you know, the best covers of the year, the best yarns of the year. Who worked at the magazine at this point in time? Because pretty much every journalist who has gone on to have a career worked Mm. at Big Mm league. So that would have been my dream. And uh, I don't know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, it'll be back next year. I don't know about a print product reappearing on the market. I think that's highly unlikely, actually. I would love for it to happen, but although, you know, Bauer Media just released, I don't know if you have children or are around children, they um, released a Bluey magazine. Cool. So, yeah, maybe there is hope.
1: (laughs) There's always hope. (laughs)
0: There's always hope. But as far as the book is concerned... We'd have to hit up the NRL. I would love to be involved in something like
1: that. Well, I mean, you could crowdfund it. I mean, there's plenty of enthusiastic fans who I'm sure would love to see that sort of thing too.
0: Absolutely. Even someone like David Middleton, who um, is a contributor to the MAG, he's just like, what?
1: Yeah.
0: A lot of people have lived with it for decades, so Mm. very sad.
1: Very sad indeed. Now, Maria, for those who don't know, what's your rugby league story? A lifelong lover of the game? Did you fatefully stumble across it one dewy winter's morning? Give us a sense.
0: I grew up in Domo. So, you know, you you go to school and you go for the Bulldogs. (laughs) Um, The players are there. The club's always around. And my dad just loves sports, so it was always on. Mm -hmm. I think probably I hit my teens and my parents bought a Foxtel box. No, sorry, Optus Vision. And Super Saturday was on and I'm Greek, so I was never allowed to go anywhere (laughs) until I got my licence. So uh, I just ended up watching every single game every weekend. Uh, And, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I decided to do journalism. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but once you realise you can get paid to watch foot, It's kind of a (laughs) no-brainer.
1: And the rest is a beautiful history. Now, Maria, as I said in the intro, I really enjoyed your article on Rugby League Hub. As you mentioned there, the COVID-19 break in the NRL competition really amplified the trend towards clickbait journalism. But I don't want this chat to be a whinge fest about that trend because everyone gets (laughs) frustrated by it. Instead, I'm curious to understand the conditions that bring it about. Of course, it's an issue with all media, all sports, not just rugby league. But can you give us a sense of the pressures journalists face in the modern era of clicks and immediate metrics?
0: Totally. I think the issue has been for the big media companies in Australia, they've been very, very slow on the uptake with digital. Mm -hmm. And they resisted and they resisted and they resisted and they have only really just realised, I mean, with how many print things they're stopping at the moment. I mean, what a novel idea. Digital is the way forward, right? But they can't make money on ads from digital really Mm -hmm. yet. So the paywalls appeared Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of the crux of, I think, what's happened. And I don't like to bag my colleagues either because I know most of them personally. And, Mm. you know, for the most part, there's a lot of stuff that people don't want to be writing, but kind of have to. A lot of people on Twitter, I find, don't like the Telegraph, for example. For me personally, if you're a rugby league supporter, you should be reading the Telegraph. And if you don't, I think it's weird. (laughs) <laughs> Even someone like Buzz, he definitely polarizes people. And there are agendas everywhere in rugby league like, that's not new. Mm. But he has information that nobody else has. So, yeah, I, I read everything. Yeah, But there is, for subscriptions now, there's a real onus on the individual and making a personality for yourself mm. so you can sell subscriptions rather than just writing good news and building the company and being a team. Right. So I think that's really what's hurting the industry but it does get traffic on the websites
1: well can we drill down to that a bit further so do journalists generally have kpis around clicks and engagement these days
0: That's a new thing that has come in recently, yes. So, so far it's not something that's like, oh, you know, if you don't get this amount of clicks, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. But it is more of an incentive-based thing. So if if you're able to get lots of subscriptions through your particular story, you often get rewards or bonuses or, you know, everyone will gather around you and tell you how amazing (sighs) you are. That feels good. <laughs> um, yeah, it does. But I think it's quite stressful, especially for people who aren't wired that way. Mm-hmm. Like me, particularly, I don't have an ego about being a journalist. I don't need to be a personality. Mm. I like being in the background, and I like writing arms But that doesn't necessarily sell. So yeah, yeah. And the virus and the no footy. I don't know. It was just a very painful period for me. Mm. Oh, like not being able to work, but seeing some of those stories.
1: Yeah, I don't well, know. I mean, there was. You- let's go through a couple of them. There was oh. the. Well, every hour there was an update on what may or may not happen. Every hour there was an update on what Latrell may or may not have been doing. Oh, so it was God. a bit painful. Now, can you outline the types of articles that tend to work from a click-through perspective?
0: I well, I don't have a huge amount in digital experience, mm-hmm. but. For most rugby league fans, you do get your usuals, team lists are always massive, injury news, signings. I think that's part of what's become a bit clickbaity as well, which Mm -hmm. is if you don't have access to the players or your media manager's not picking up the phone, then you call a player manager. Mm -hmm. And a player manager wants to get the most amount of money that they can for their client. So (laughs) they often feed you absolute bullshit. Sorry, can I swear? of course you can (laughs) i mean you probably know it is but you know what it did come from a reliable source and it is something that you can whack on the internet and that people love Mm -hmm. i'm not sure i think the daily mail has had a big sort of factor in how things are shifting as well okay i know for, for say for example fox sports australia the digital arm some people in there have come from the daily mail and there's a lot more human interest stories that appear on there now Okay. Which I don't personally find hugely appealing, but the people who read them get really, really angry most of the time, and there's lots of comments. There are lots of comments. It gets boosted in the algorithm. You know, you see it in your feed. You click on yeah. the story, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, so you're yeah, talking me, more
1: about sort of gossip, rumor, hearsay type of stories, um, or
0: I think it's come a long way in terms of using a player's personality, mm-hmm. even if. There's nothing really doing. Like, I found the whole Latrell thing ridiculous. Mm. And I think it's hard to actually nail down, but a lot of racist people Mm. will use the opportunity using Latrell's, you know, him being a public figure and him being outspoken about certain things Mm. and just get really, really angry and rude and disgusting on the internet, because they can, because they would never say that to his face on the street. Yeah, he Um, becomes
1: a symbol of the culture war, doesn't he?
0: Exactly. And then, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Like, that Mm. story gets a lot of clicks. Your boss says, hey, this Latrell story got lots of clicks. So, the next time you go to South, the next time you go to Manly, the next time you go to the Bulldogs, find someone there who knows him and ask them something. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of the same now. I guess Bronson Sherry's the the newest example.
1: Sure. Well, on Fox Sports, I mean, they're an interesting one, because... They're really rocks or diamonds. Sometimes there's some great stuff. I know there was an article a couple of weeks back by George Clark, I think it was, on the Tongan story. But yeah, Mm. then you have some of what was produced during the lockdown about Latrell and rumours and gossip and hearsay. The
0: referees.
1: The referees, yeah. There's another one.
0: (laughs) Nothing that makes people angrier for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, And yeah, like I know a lot of the people who work there personally or have previously, and they're all great journos. Like a lot of the times when you read the actual article, it's nowhere near as salacious as it sounds. But, you know, those headlines, those sells, they've got to to sell, baby. So, (laughs) They do. Yeah.
1: Now, Maria, should we be bemoaning the trend towards loud opinions like you mentioned, listicles, gossip, rumour, hearsay? Or should we just accept that this is what the people want? Or do you think the slide towards this stuff could be slowed somewhat if clubs provided journalists more access to players to tell interesting stories? I think
0: the access issue, I found that very frustrating a lot of the time particularly because at Big League you can't use interviews that are done with 10 people. Mm. Yeah, so they've got these rules in place now where all your journals are there and they'll split you up into print, radio and TV. Radio and TV don't care if they get the same sound bites, but for print, mm. well, a lot of the time it's difficult. Yeah. The thing is I, I like gossip. Yeah. <laughs> <Who doesn't? laughs> I do not yeah, Exactly. And, I, yeah, you won't find a journalist who does it. The opinion pieces, mm-hmm. for me, I find most of the time, extremely grating, mm-hmm. I think, because a lot of the time it's quite obvious that there's an agenda behind them. And um, I don't know, that doesn't interest me at all. But if you can't get players or if nothing's doing that day or if you need to turn this story and put it online with a really sexy cell, mm. then you say, Paul Kent says, blah, 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 blah. So oh, you kind
1: of recycle th- what someone else has produced, you know, to put out some content.
0: That's it. And or even like watching the panel shows and hoping someone says something a little bit controversial or interesting and turning that into something
1: Mm. so yeah i mean that's an interesting one in the modern age as well because there's so much more space to fill than there was in the past when there was you know a couple of editions of a newspaper and you know a radio news bulletin and a tv news bulletin but now there are a million sites that constantly need to be refreshed that's that's obviously creating so much space that needs to be filled is there pressure to fill space
0: i think there's a lot of pressure to be first Right, and I think we saw that a lot during this shutdown period, especially with the you know what New South Wales Health Minister said, and then what Blah Blah said, and then what date we're going to start, and a lot of it, like you said earlier, could have been cleared up if you had waited an hour for somebody to call you back. But um, well, you've got this interesting piece of information, you've got the internet, and you can always write Blah Blah has been contacted for comment and just go with it. And, yeah, that's been happening a lot. And I I think that leads to a lot of the pressure, just Mm. the exclusivity and and being first and being seen as the newsbreaker. It's easy to do at a paper when there's nothing else doing. But, yeah, it's very difficult to do in the current climate.
1: Now, as a a print journalist, obviously one-on-one time it seems pretty important Can you recite to our listeners your experiences trying to get some player time after a game? You mentioned your article you're sort of standing there for an hour and sometimes they'll just leave by the back door.
0: So I think the benefit of being with Big League is that you could often skirt this a lot of the time. Right. It it ended up being that... Back in the day, it was very use, very useful for you to be at the game mm. because you would get let into the sheds and you could talk to whoever you want, you know, take up 10 minutes of their time before they had a shower and get out of there. Yeah. Um, once the new protocols came in, you had to go to the press conference first and wait outside. Yeah, I found some clubs are really good about it, usually out-of-town clubs because they don't have a lot of journos hanging around. Right. But the Sydney clubs, oh, they'll give you... Any excuse under the sun, like, oh, he's talking to his family. Oh, he's just popped into the shower. Oh, blah, 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 blah. I can't tell you the amount of time I have wasted in tunnels just standing there, like waiting for, I don't know, Mitchell Peace to talk about something. And then by the time he comes out, actually, he's quite a good interview. But By the time he comes out, he's just like, oh, yeah, it was a good game. You know, blah, 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 because the emotion is gone. I think recently phone interviews have become or Zoom interviews have become quite useful. That's what we found a lot of the time it's just easy to do it over the phone. Mm. If you can get to training and you can kind of zero in on someone, that's often better too because post-game can be a bit... The amount of times one of my editors said, do a feature on blah, blah, you go to the game and, you know, they drop five balls and they, oh, and then you're like, really, do I still have to do this? It's just terrible.
1: Very interesting. Um, I mean, it's, it's interesting you mentioned the Sydney clubs being so poor in that department. You'd think that they would be better than most because they have more competition in, you know, the Sydney market. It's a more crowded market.
0: Yes. So I think, don't get me wrong, there have been great media managers who really understood this. Mm-hmm. For a lot of them, their job is more of a reactionary one rather than a forward-thinking one, I found. Okay. You know, usually you'd expect a PR person to constantly be pitching um, you could do this, you could do this, you could mm. do this, a lot of the time, more often than not, you get, no, nah, you can't do that. Do you want to do something else? Right. Um, yeah. And for a lot of them too, they sort of get enough exposure because they're on, you know, Friday nights sure. and Sundays and all that kind of stuff. Now with their own websites, they think that that's enough yes. as well. Mm. Yeah. And then you so, start doing um,
1: a, an interview about how big his off season was.
0: Yeah. Yep. But for me personally, I would rather do a story on an out-of-town team. Yeah, Canberra, amazing Cowboys, uh-huh. Warriors. Oh, not the Broncos. Okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> I love that Newcastle. you're naming names. This is beautiful. This is a, a wonderful interview. <laughs> I appreciate it.
0: The, sorry, I was just going to say the Broncos are very similar to those top Sydney clubs. Obviously, so right. they're not. They're not too stressed.
1: Okay. Now you mentioned the trend towards loud opinions. I was just going to ask you about your next career move. Have you considered becoming a shock jock type of journalist? Because it seems to me to be a pretty lucrative option. I mean, I'm half joking there, but have you noticed some journalists retool themselves from run-of-the-mill beat reporters to loud angry men to tap into the loud opinion gold rush? Have there been colleagues you knew one year as quite conscientious types who the next were yelling and screaming and foaming at the mouth?
0: Do you know what? I don't think... I'm trying to think. I don't think anyone from Big League has gone that way. Or if anything, they're asking much tougher questions, but okay. still in that quiet, conscientious manner.
1: Yeah. Oh, sorry, I should make it clear. I didn't mean your colleagues at Big League. I just thought your colleagues in just, general at rugby generally, league.
0: I'm trying to think. Yeah. No. I don't.
1: And you don't have to name I, names on this one either. No, that's
0: fine. I'm. I'm trying to think, but I. Particularly for a woman, I can imagine going into shock job territory would be very painful. Mm. Mm, I can only imagine the kind of Facebook comments. True. <laughs> True.
1: <laughs> no, don't, don't do it, Maria. You're better than that. <laughs>
0: no, I don't think I could. I don't think I have strong enough opinions to even... <laughs> I, nothing makes me that angry, really, except except when the Bulldogs play like crap. <laughs>
1: okay. I'll see you okay. on the uh, notice board then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm on the forums.
1: Don't worry. Yeah now look the answer to the next question might make me squirm a little but i don't want you to hold back so there's of course a whole bunch of free stuff out there these days including fan curated content like this podcast how do rugby league journalists feel about that phenomenon that can't be ideal if you're trying to make your living as a rugby league journalist are they frustrated that their territory is being encroached upon are they used to it by now do they use it to their advantage what do they think about it
0: i think most part we all think it's fine because it doesn't really encroach upon the sort of straight reporting that most of us do Mm -hmm. and like for someone who's passionate truly passionate about something and is also you know doesn't have a major news outlet behind them sort of frowning at them every time they say anything Mm -hmm. it's nice for fans to to have that kind of freedom Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it gets frustrating for a few of us because uh, I mean I never want to be singled out for being a female journalist. I'm just a journalist. That's fine. Sure. And you kind, of get, you kind of get ignored the whole time, which is fine. And then you'll find that someone's popped up with a, a podcast or a blog or something and they're being lauded for doing such great work. And you're kind of like, wait a minute. Yeah, I've been, I've been doing this. I know I get paid to do it, but I mean, I really back it. And I listen to a few podcasts that are done by fans mm-hmm. because... It's just a nice community thing, and that's the best thing about rugby league, I think.
1: Yeah, well said. Now, back to sort of the the behind-the-scenes of rugby league journalism and journalism online more generally. What about the phenomenon of the staff writer? There's been some recent (laughs) examples of some serious clickbait without attribution. How does that staff writer thing come about? Is it just the result of an under-pressure editor trying to meet a monthly target?
0: I think it's the result of... For me, personally, if you're gonna write something that's controversial, you need to step up and put your name on it. So I hate I hate the idea of the staff writer. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the time it's just to keep heat off. Say it's something controversial about a particular club, you know, the media manager could call up and go, Who the fuck wrote this? Mm-hmm. And you're just like, Oh, dunno <laughs> and then, you know, the journal that did... We're all writing training. stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, it's really frantic around here. Yeah, and that journal can still turn up to training and not really have put anyone's noses out of joint. Gotcha. Even though I think for the most part people know who staff writers are. Right. You know what I mean?
1: Okay. I don't, but um, I'm glad everyone <laughs> else does.
0: So I won't name names. Yeah, no. But if you go back and you read some of the stuff, you'll, you'll get it.
1: Okay, right. You have that sort of constant consumption and you'll get the idea and the trends soon enough. That's right
0: can you get a sixth sense about this kind of
1: stuff yeah okay so it seems the media environment as most people know it is not ideal for encouraging longer more in-depth pieces that i'm sure many of our listeners like reading and you as journalists like writing do you see the subscription model like you've joined with rugby league hub as a potentially viable option for journalists how do you think this can become a self-sustaining model what do you think you have to offer
0: That's a great question and something I've really been thinking about. I'm just talking to my friends constantly who are in the rugby league media going, do you want to start something? Mm. Do you want to do it? Do you want to do this? (laughs) I think the issue in Australia, like I said earlier, is that the subscription model has just been so late to come in Mm. to regular news that people are not super willing to pay for news. In the US, they did it so much better and so much quicker, so... There's places like The Athletic, like my husband pays to read baseball stuff Mm because he loves the feature stories. Mm -hmm. I hope that in time, well, look, unfortunately enough of us who are good and experienced and love what we do are going to get made redundant, unfortunately, but there's still so much talent and a drive that i hope based on person and that's the other thing too like i said sometimes the personality and becoming the personality is not the best thing however Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to sell yourself one day as (laughs) as something so i hope in a couple of years it builds up in australia because there are heaps of journalists who are so good who just yeah don't have anywhere to write
1: what do you think you have to offer to people to get them to pay what kind of content
0: I think, yeah, well, that's the tough thing too. It depends on what you like. I love long form journalism and I love feature writing. So Mm. that's the kind of stuff that I have subscriptions to at the moment. It's hard to read on the internet, Mm. unfortunately, I found. So yeah, there needs to be a kind of balance there, but most online news stories are 300 words at most. Get the message out and get done. But I want to read about players. I want to read about – I think a lot of the stuff that, say, for example, NRL.com does with the videos and Mm -hmm. when they went with Brian To'o to Fiji, that was him, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Micah Seager, wasn't it,
1: with his dad? Was um, that the one?
0: There was that one. And then I think they went with Brian To'o as well. Oh, cool. But they've done quite a few. That's the other thing for all us print journalists as well. We need to upskill. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Sure. But often the end product is like really moving and really beautiful and I like to get to know people's personalities. So,
1: Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, from a a personal perspective, I don't pay for much news, but I do pay for the Rugby League Hub service. So, I think they have a, a fairly good mix of content, including long reads. So, it's a good platform to be a part of. And maybe there might be a market for Rugby League coffee table books in the future as well, Maria.
0: Look, it's a it's a pipe dream, but I'm going to hold on to it and see what happens.
1: <laughs> cool. Well, what next for you, Maria, now that Big League looks like it's in the rearview mirror?
0: Yeah. It's just such a tough market. And um, I've hit up everybody I know in the media who I'm friends with, and they're all like, we have no money. So I'm going to keep the best thing for me about being approached by Rugby League Hub and those guys is, I just get to keep writing. Yeah, I'm trying to pitch some freelance stories. I'm doing lots of cleaning, watching lots of MasterChef, <laughs> and just trying to just trying to work out what as a 32 year old what to what to do now.
1: Well, I mean, Marie, you've achieved so much at the age of 32. I'm sure there's plenty <laughs> more to achieve in the future. Maria, thanks so much for joining us on the Progressive Rugby League podcast. You've been so honest and forthright. I really appreciate you you coming on the show and and sharing your thoughts on the changing landscape of the rugby league media. So, Maria Rekouvier, thank you for joining the show.
0: Thank you very much. I really appreciate it.
1: progressive rugby league and there i was thinking coffee table books were only about coffee tables thank you maria really enjoyed that one all righty that is it from us today thanks again for joining us and thanks for all your support you can get in contact with us on the twitters or at progressive at outlook.com all right until we next meet rugby league Call me and see ya